there's 8 billion humans in the world. There's been a lot of ideas. Like, <laughs> and now there's more capital than ever in history, more execution, more technology, AI, great talent. People know how to execute. So like saying that you have a new idea for a t-shirt or a new idea for a podcast mic, eh, yeah. it's really unlikely. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily need something to be new. I just need somebody to be able to make the mousetrap better or like instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, just make the wheel squeakier and faster. And, you know. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Today was a special treat. It was one of the few people that I have brought back on the show, and we'll probably do it again sometime. But I was realizing that it had been like five and a half years since we recorded an episode, so I asked him to come back on. So today I had a chat with Dan Fleischman. He just took off right now. We were a little bit pressed for time, so this interview is a little bit atypical for me because we talked like a lot of really tactical, practical things and less kind of story driven like we usually go. But I wanted to make sure that I, I made the best use of his time. So in this episode, we recorded for maybe 40, 45 minutes, but we covered everything from crypto NFTs to real estate investing, angel investing, what he looks for in companies. He's invested in over 50 or, or over 40 companies now through his, through like angel investing himself personally, through his his syndicate, his rolling fund. And then he's also a multiple time founder who's had multiple exits. He was the youngest founder of a publicly traded company in history. And then he had an online poker site. And then he has a cards and coffee, which is like a Pokemon and card trading shop that did $10 million in its first 12 months of business opened during COVID. And so we talk about that and we talk about some of the partnerships that he's made. We talk about his new events company merger that he just did uh, with Aspire Tour in their uh, company of events. So we talk even about podcasting and why he got into that and why he waited so long and how that's been going for him. Uh, he's launched a podcast called The Money Mondays that's at the top of the charts almost, I mean, really every day. You can go to the top business charts and see Money Mondays there. So really, this is just a guy that I look up to a lot. I respect him a lot. He's been a mentor of mine. He co-runs the mastermind that I was a part of for a couple of years called the 100 Million Mastermind. There's not many people that I would recommend to follow more than Dan Fleischman. So hopefully you grab something from this conversation. And if you have not heard of Dan, you don't know some of his stuff, go check him out, give him a follow, subscribe to his show. And I know that you're going to grab some about some value from him because every time he opens his mouth, he just pours it out on everybody. So yeah, please enjoy this chat with my buddy, Dan Fleischman. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Today, I am making friends with somebody that's actually already a pretty good friend. Dan Fleischman, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. I mean, we've been friends for a long time. Dude, it's been a minute. I was, it was funny. That's why I hit you up because I was like, oh, I've had Dan on. I've had Dan on. And I was like doing the math the other day because we just had the six-year anniversary of the show. Yep. And so we're coming up on 900 episodes. We had six- 900. Almost 900 episodes. Yep, wow. Six years. What a machine. And, and then I was like, wait a second. I interviewed Dan like six months into the show and it's I went and looked. Yeah. yeah, it was like literally like February of 20, 
18 <laughs> or 17 or something like that that, yeah. we, that we've like first talked on the show. And I was like, oh shit, like almost everything about my life is completely For different sure, obviously. from that point. <laughs> so we should have another chat. Yeah, let's do it. So first off, I know you have some big news recently, this like big merger that you did with with Aspire yep. and Eddie, Andrew, and those guys. So talk to me about that. What was like, What? how did that even come about? What was the whole story? So I had been helping them from the sideline for years. Like I'd speak at their events. Yeah. I'd introduce them to celebrities and athletes. They'd build great relationships with them. And they'd interview A-Rod, Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, and all these great people. And then they started working with my everything, right? My whole world started working with them because I just loved what they were doing. And then... They saw I was throwing this big arena event September 23rd in Salt Lake City. Yeah. So they're like, what are you doing? That? Like, normally I throw elevator nights and free events and masterminds, et cetera. I've never thrown a 7,000 person event. And I was like, it's practice. I said, if I get it right, I'm going to do them quarterly. Mm. And they're like, well, we have 85 employees, trucking, half a million, $600,000 worth of audiovisual equipment. Like, we have everything. We are dialed in. If you want to help with the arena events, let us know. And then I was like, well, that's interesting. So we started talking more and more and more because I've been doing all my events in production with a ninja-sized team. Yeah. Right? I have 18 people that yeah. throw my events. And we throw 20-plus events a year. But it's a ninja team. Andrew and Eddie have 85 employees and like a machine. I keep yeah. calling them the, the machine. And so we started having more talks, more talks. And then I was like, started running the math. I'm like, you guys do 72 million. My events do 27 million. You need X, Y, Z. I'll put up capital for you know X, Y, and Z. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> and so done and done. All of a sudden, there's free events, elevator nights, fifty bucks to five hundred bucks, which is a Spire tour. Twenty five hundred dollars, twenty five hundred people on average per event. Yep. Fifteen thousand dollar mastermind called Money Is. Twenty thousand dollar Operation Black Site, where you yep. learn how to shoot. Yeah, yep. With uh, uh, Bedros. Yep. Navy yep. SEALs teach you how to shoot, and Michael Chandler teach you how to fight. So 15K money is 20K Operation Black Site. 25K is the power room. Yep. They have 520 members between their two masterminds. And then I have 100 million mastermind, which is $100,000. Yep. So whether you want to come to a free event, $100,000 or anything in between, we got you. Massive events <laughs> company. Yes. So it was a merger of basically all of the events that you both were doing individually. Correct. And including the world's largest toy drive, mm. the world's largest pizza festival, things that are not got for it. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that have no, they don't produce income. It cost me money every year to do it. Now I have a machine behind me to throw them even bigger. Sure. And then expansion from there is I raised $44 million in the last year and a half at my masterminds for food and beverage brands and consumer yep. products. Andrew and Eddie do the same thing. Yeah. And and they use my same team, legal team at AngelList. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's like, we're so intertwined. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like, look, so elevator syndicate. Let's just make it official. Exactly. You know? I'll do, I'll, and I'm happy to do a lot of the work. And I like them because partnerships are hard. Yeah. Unless you find guys that you actually trust and believe are going to do the work. And I've watched them do it for years. And so yeah. not only did I believe in them, I look up to how they've executed it over these years. And so yeah, I'm ecstatic to work with them. It's very fresh. It's been a couple of days. I was going to say, yeah, I thought, I thought it was a really cool move because I, I, I went to, I, I was on the Money Is show. Yep. I want to say like pre-COVID, probably like 2019 or something. And they had their first like money is mastermind there and they had me come speak at it. Yep. And I went and spoke and there was probably 16 people in the room. Right. And they were like, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Right. And it was, but to your point, I didn't know, I didn't know that like the world that they came from, which sure. is this massive seminar world. Exactly. And so when they were like kind of explaining, I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. How are you going to go from what you have this, right. like right here to what you're going to do? So to your point, like, I mean, when you watch people, actually execute, execute mm -hmm. effectively I'm in. Yeah. I love it. it's like okay 
All right. Well, yeah. you said you were going to do something, right. and then you actually did it. So yeah, we're, we're, we'll probably get along just yes, fine. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, um, and so when you find people like that, and you can collaborate, if think about they had thirty five thousand people come to their events this year. Yeah. Well, combined, we'll have sixty or seventy thousand next year. Right. And so I get to be like the sizzle to their steak. So now right? you're you're putting on. 40, 50 events next year? 42, yeah. 42 events. I know exactly because we have an actual schedule. Jesus I spent Christ. nine hours with our team. And this yesterday. includes like master, <laughs> like small masterminds to big 2,500, yeah, 3,000 to 7,000 exactly. yeah. to whatever. Yep. I was selling out arenas and yep, all that kind exactly. of stuff. First of all, like who, who's coming up next? <laughs> uh, so Thursday, September 17th, we have A Rod, Marcus Limonis, Barbara Cochran, 2,000 people, Jacob Javis Center. That's all? <laughs> then it's it's August. August August 17th August 17th okay and then there what do we have September we have San Diego and that's with Gary V Kevin O'Leary Drew Brees also Marcus Limonis there you go that venue holds 2,800 people we've already sold 3,100 tickets oh my gosh six weeks in advance because they also have like the distribution side pretty locked in, right? For like sure. dialed in, like in turn, like they have they have a marketing team that puts butts in seats and like that's what they do. Yes. And they do it for all of the top All people. the cities. Yeah. I mean like Ontario, California, and there's 2,000 yeah. people like that. Right, <laughs> Ontario? Like, yeah, <laughs> what? Why? I walked in and I never saw a speaker post about it. I just walked in, there's freaking, it's amazing. It's like, it's like wait a second. Yeah. Uh, you guys know this is right next to Los Angeles, right? right? Like why are we in Ontario? Yeah. <laughs> and they did it, they did it. Hey, okay, good for them, man. They're, they're, they've, they've crushed it. And uh, yeah, I think, It'll, it'll be awesome to watch the partnership unfold between all like all of you guys because yeah. you all have very similar kind of visions and stuff. And, and, they, care about, have, and they care about charity so much. Yeah, they've, right. already, they've already built like 16 schools. Yeah, They do 4,000 meals a day in third world countries. Like they're like in it. Yeah. And so that's like got my heart, you know, like that's what I really want to do. It's just- and not, they, yeah. have, they have a really good um, like synergy, like repartee kind of a mm -hmm. thing that they do when yep. they're on stage and stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're, you can tell they're, they're professionals. They're right. good at what they do. They yep. can command the crowd you know, make the audience feel a certain way. Yep. So that'd be cool, man. That's awesome. Congrats on that. I mean, and I was going to say, since last time we had you on, so that was 2018. So wow. everything that we just mentioned has been all brand new, all the masterminds, all the mm -hmm. events. I think the only thing you were doing at the time was Elevator Nights right. in terms of the, the events. Yep. But now you also have Cards and Coffee. Yes. So how's that been going? So Gary V named Cards and Coffee. I self-funded it right during COVID because I didn't want to raise money because I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. That was the craziest thing ever. I remember watching you do that. I was like, this motherfucker uh, is like, <laughs> I was like October I was like, 2020. I was like, Dan's a crazy man. He's like uh, on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. during the race wars when everybody's windows are boarded. Yeah. I do a grand opening <laughs> when the cops are outside, like walking the streets. <laughs> but I probably got a pretty sweet deal on that lease. Now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I put up 1.6 million, got us started. Eight weeks later, we did a million sales. I was like, oh, this might not be a hobby. That worked. Eight yeah. months later, we did 10 million sales. Jesus Christ. So that's what, when I was like, okay, maybe I should raise money and go for it. Like, what, what percentage was online versus retail? It was, well, at the beginning, it was like 90-10 because you couldn't come to the store, yeah, right. really. Like, unless you wore a hazmat suit, like you weren't allowed to come over. And then we opened the Salt Lake store. And so then it came in like 80-20, then 75-25. It's still pretty much 75-25 because hmm. our online is 24 hours a day, like QVC. Yeah. We are live streaming all day long on the Coffee Breakers all day long. Yeah. And so that will change over time because we have nine retail stores now. When I get to 10, 15, 20, 25 stores, 
the numbers will change. W was the original idea to sell mostly online or was the original idea to scale a really cool sports card shop, like to modernize the sports yeah. card shop? The goal was to become the first national chain store. Okay. But the breaking happened to be get really hot at the exact same time. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. And it hasn't gone away. Yeah. And now fanatics just stepped in and the holy smokes, they're going to spend a zillion dollars. Well, and, and so, then you also have this distribution network at Elevator right. of a ton of influencers that can bring you traffic, yes. right, for the yeah. live streams. Because that, that had to have been, like when I was watching it unfold, I was just like, how are you getting like this many, this many people right. that give a shit right. about like <laughs> watching cards being opened, you know what I mean? It was a combination of things. We would have like models come by the store and like host free giveaways. Yeah. They, they'd post about it and be like, okay, it's tonight, seven o'clock. I'm giving away this many cards or Pokemon or football, or whatever. Yeah. And these girls have millions of followers or 100,000 followers. The same time, Steve Aoki, Logan Paul, yeah. Gary Vee, they're all posting about cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Logan Paul buys a $5 million Pokemon card. Yeah. Two weeks ago, Post Malone buys a $2.6 million Magic the Gathering card. I saw that on, like, I was just listening to him on Rogan yeah. yesterday, the day before oh, really? he was talking about that. Yeah. And yeah. so just like these moments in time of like, household name, interesting characters yeah. going and buying legacy, legendary cards that they're never going to sell. Right, right. You, you think they any, take them out of circulation. That's it. Yeah. No one's going to buy gone. that card from Post Malone. Go right. offer him $5 million, See what he says. The cool supply story. has now diminished. <laughs> yes. Right, right. And the so, demand continues to increase. Exactly. And so the press from these things is very fascinating. And the passion of these guys. And Steve Aoki is the co-founder of Cards and Coffee. Hmm. And he's out there. He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars of cards, especially in the Pokemon he owns a brand called MetaZoo. Okay. So MetaZoo, he's like the big partner in the company, not like a little partner, like the real partner in the company. And so like these guys really care. Right. Which is hard. You can't force you can't force household name celebrities to care. They have to want to care. Sure. Yeah. And, and so do you. Yes. Like you, this is something that you actually cared about. Right. It wasn't just like, right. a, oh, I think that can yeah, make yeah. some money with that. Yeah. I'm not like selling like random brown tables. Like right. right. Selling something that I like a right. lot. Because you, you're you a big cards guy. Yes. Also a big sneakerhead. Very big. How, how many pairs of shoes do you have, Dan? I literally have no idea. <laughs> and I don't say that in like a flexing way. For 35 years of my life, I had no shoes. I bought like zero to one pair a year. Yeah. I invested in SneakerCon. 450,000 people a year go to SneakerCon. And so they start sending me shoes. Uh, and I start buying gotcha. through the digital partnership we created. Then we created our own version of like actual online platform. Then we sold it to eBay last year. <laughs> and so I just got immersed in sneakers and yeah. then like, it's addicting. And so, <laughs> and then like at all, all the events, the way the stage is set up, like people see your shoes. Yeah. The yeah. way the people, the way the seating is versus the stage. Right. And so I just got addicted to everyone always bring up my shoes. I'm like, well, I got to wear fun, flashy shoes all the time. Yeah. Right. Now it's like a part of the brand. Yes. That was yeah. so fun. I went to, uh, well, we've been helping Jeff Fenster oh, yeah, <laughs> with the, his show and stuff. The, yep. And so we went in the, in there one day and he's like, oh yeah, you like the sneakers here? And I was like, oh yeah, those are dope. He's like, yeah, these are all Fleischmann's. I was like, <laughs> just has like so many pairs of shoes. Uh, just like, you know what? Take like eight of these yeah, and I don't, yeah, just like show them there yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got plenty. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So cards and coffee, Everbowl. Yeah. Everbowl's so I own, crushing I own 17 of those locations. Me and, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, me and, with, with, with Cole. With Cole Hatter. Yep. And now there's 70 locations in total of the company and one new one every six days. Insane. And then Plus WeBuild is we build exploding. Yeah. We're building all of Shaq's restaurants, yep. the big chickens. We're building the stretch zone, the, you know, the yoga places. Like 
Jeff is the guy, like, if he was selling the brown tables, I'd give him a half a million bucks today. Yeah. Go for it. Like, go sell brown tables. Yeah. yeah I exactly. I'm in. I'm in. And I'll raise you five million more. Yeah. He's, he's I, a smart you, dude, man. Yeah. You just, there's certain characters that when you know they can execute, yes. I'm all in. Yeah. Well, when you're investing in these early stage companies, it's always about the founder. For sure. Yeah. It's never, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a cool idea. But as a founder, you know that ideas are a dime a dozen. And it's mm -hmm. only execution mm -hmm. because, the idea is probably going to change 14, 16, <laughs> 28 times right. until you find the idea that actually is and turned you, into a product. Right. And you need the founder sells. to stick their passion has to stay with it. Yeah. Yeah. As it's going through the hard times, the good times, the exciting times, their passion has to stay with it. There's not that many founders that are, will do that. Yeah. Because you, you, you've also now, I think at the time, again, I'm just trying to catch people up. So I think at the time you had invested in like 20 something companies or something like 43 that. 43 now. So now you're... So 43 personally, we did nine for the 44 million. Nine companies the last year and a half we raised 44 million for. Through the I, syndicate. Through Elevator Syndicate. And I invested in all, each of those as well. And then Rolling Fund did 11 deals. Elevator Rolling Fund, I did 11 investments. Okay. So yeah, whatever that math is. Besides the founder, what are some of the other qualifiers that you're looking for in companies that you invest in? Okay, so my number one thing is the founder. Because as you mentioned, the company and product can change a lot or will change a lot. Number two is, does anybody care? Hmm. Like, we keep talking about brown tables. Let's, does anybody care? Mm -hmm. If that brown tables company was selling 500K, a million bucks, two million bucks online, okay, I could see people care. I invested in something called Blooming Tables, which is like this, but they have plants inside of it. Mm -hmm. People care because it's glass with plants inside of it. People care. So there's a level of, does it stand out if I put a, a glass table with plants inside, it would stand out next to 15 brown normal tables, right? Mm -hmm. So first, does anybody care? Sorry, that's second. Does anybody care? Three, people vote with their wallets. Yes. It's easy for you and I to say, oh, I like these tables, or the grandma to say, I like this table. It's way different for someone to buy it when you're not around. Absolutely. Yes. They see an <laughs> ad or they see or they're in a store. And they want to buy that food, beverage, table, whatever the thing is, when you're not around. Yeah, because like the problem is nobody in your life is going to tell you if it's a shitty idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Or they don't. Or they don't know. Or they don't you know. know. They don't know one way or the other. Right. They, they maybe they're not even your ideal customer or whatever. Right. But it's like, oh, you go to your your best friend and your mom and your cousin yeah. and your aunt, and you're like, I got this really cool idea, and they're all like, that sounds they're awesome. Like, like I hate go cookies. for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you go try to sell it and nobody and even all the people who told you it was a good idea even they won't buy it right you know it's like you absolutely have to get people to vote yeah with so their I, wanna, I like the founder i want to see if anybody cares i want to see if it ha they vote with their wallets and then i really look at companies that are doing at least two million bucks in sales now okay because it reduces my risk a lot and it saves me a year or two mm -hmm. not that i i won't invest in startups but i just don't much anymore yeah just from a sheer math and time perspective i'd rather be a little bit later stage doing over 2 million sales. 2 to 20 is our sweet spot. Through my syndicate, through my fund, I only do 2 to 20 million. Okay. I won't do it. Yeah. Because I do want to reduce my risk because I'm bringing other people in. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're onto deals. Kind of risking your reputation a exactly. little bit when you're yep. selling other people. If in. they're already doing 9 million and it doesn't work out, well, at least we had a real case that it right. had a real shot. If they're doing 90 grand, you know, we didn't have enough d data. And then there's the fundamentals. So once I like the founder, See if anyone cares, vote with their wallet. Does it have sales? I want to know, like, do they have like the meat and potatoes to actually do this? Hmm. Like, can this become scalable? And there's all these different versions of that. People think, like, oh yeah, if I just get 1% of the market of podcast microphones, I could be $40 million. 
nobody that's not how life works yeah, the top down instead yeah. of the bottom up i want to know what is your podcast mics what makes them stand out yeah is it does your price point is your value like what are the things and is there a moat around that thing and i also have to keep in mind there's very rarely anything new hmm. there's eight billion humans in the world there's been a lot of ideas like <laughs> and now there's more capital than ever in history more execution more technology ai great talent like people know how to execute so like saying that you have a new idea for a t-shirt or a new idea for a podcast mic eh, yeah it's really unlikely yeah and so i don't necessarily need something to be new i just need somebody to be able to re, re like make the mousetrap better or like instead of trying to reinvent the wheel just make the wheel squeakier and faster and you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's come up with something that's a little bit different yeah that, that we can sell this on this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Of all the investments that you make, do you have like a number in your mind in terms of if I make 10 investments this year, I'm happy if two of them end up doing well? Or do you have like any sort of like yep. math behind you know, the success or failure rate of yep. these companies? So most VCs and most angel investors, if they get one or two right out of 10, they're happy campers. Yeah. Because when the one or two get right, it's a 5X, 10X, 20X, 30X situation and they win, right? I, either too competitive or too delusional, I want them all to work. They don't have to be home runs or grand slams. Sure. But I will be there till their dying grave to make sure it doesn't run out of money or... Yeah works out yeah and so unless a founder like leaves or something tragic happens there really isn't many companies i've invested in that are gone yeah which there's been some obviously situations where like the founder left or actually passed away or got sick like major things have happened hmm. i don't really count that in my sure 
I can't count that from like a business perspective, There's but I can count it from reality. The scoreboard is a scoreboard, right? Sure. doesn't matter if the kid passed away or Yeah, it's still stopped. an L. Yeah, right. <laughs> the right. loss is a loss on the scoreboard. And so I'm pretty delusional or obsessive or competitive. Like I want them to all win. They do not have to have a big win. Sure. I just want to make sure that they don't die because of something I could have helped, yeah, which right. is usually money or connections. I think that's reflected in the portfolio that you have though too. Is that, yeah. and that's why you're investing in CPG brands that are doing three, four million dollars right. a year. Instead I can help like them. A tech startup mm -hmm. that's just burning capital for yes. 15 years yes. until they either sink or they're worth a hundred times what you right. bought in at. If I did tech companies, then I know that my ratio would be way different. Yeah. Because they are either going to do that. They're either going to have a humongous victory, which helps cover all the other ones, mm -hmm. or you're just going to raise four rounds of financing, five rounds of financing, and get diluted to nothing, Yeah, which is just not my style. Yeah, And I'd rather come in later or just like be an advisor to those type of companies rather than go put in 500K and like get diluted four times. So two other areas of investment to talk about. One of them would it has wildly changed over the last few years, which is crypto. Can you kind of speak to... I guess maybe theories as to what's happening currently and why it's just kind of at this almost like standstill for the yep. last couple of years. And then in your thoughts on where it's, you know, still headed in the next five to 10 years. Yep. So the NFT market has gone wild, right? Like it, you will never see pictures of random monkeys and giraffes sell for tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. That, that time is gone and it yeah. won't come back. Yeah. NFTs themselves functionally will be here forever sure because the function of nft is super useful to a lot of brands a lot of companies and you're starting to see household name companies starbucks ferrari start using it yeah. so nft the concept of them is never going away and they're only going to get better and i'm invested and, into and more like usable correct they're, they're, it's not just like i have a piece of art on my phone no. it's it's that never something should, to get you access into something that never should have been that big yeah, yeah the art on the phone thing should never have been that big yeah and not because of the joke about the screenshots of NFTs. It's simply because you're not going to enjoy it the same way as you do actual art sure. it's on your phone. Sure. You're just not. And so it's cool to like have a board ape on your phone, which I've invested in those, or CryptoPunk, like some of the household name legacy brands. Mm -hmm. But like random rapper influencer makes a random NFT and he makes 10,000 of them, sells out, makes himself 2 million bucks, and then never posts about it again. Well, we saw that happen 900 times. And yeah. The market's going to go away because everyone goes broke. Right. So from that perspective, that's where I see the NFT market, that the functionality of NFTs is only going to get bigger for things like what Gary Vee did with the VCon mm -hmm. or the, mm -hmm. the sushi place, et cetera. Like those are really interesting, compelling. On the crypto side in general, there are way too many cryptocurrencies that are not functional, mm -hmm. that don't have a chance. Just like in any market, there's always going to be the, the top small percentage that are the majority of the market. However, the two main characters, Bitcoin and Ethereum, are never going away. Yeah. And so I have two passionate things about that. Ethereum, I was throwing events talking about Ethereum in 2017, like why people should buy it with 17 bucks and then 21 bucks and then 41 bucks. And I did that post that went into super viral in Forbes and Inc. everywhere about like why you should look at Ethereum as a functional thing. Yeah. I look yeah. at it as an investment into like a effectively a company. Yeah. Because they're backing household name corporations out of the F Fortune 500, almost 90 of them started using Ethereum in the back end. Like, I'm in. Mm -hmm. If it's good enough for the lawyers of Oracle, I'm in. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's just be clear. And then it went from 40 bucks to, you know, 
what it did that over one to two thousand dollars bitcoin to me is what i want to talk about same concept i was installing bitcoin atms in 2014 mm. at the d hotel casino in las vegas i know that one imagine explaining a bitcoin <laughs> atm to a casino owner and a mayor and a governor nine years ago yeah it's hard enough now bitcoin will never go away but more importantly the supply and demand thing you mentioned is going to get really interesting with bitcoin here's why the theory is there's going to be 21 million bitcoin ever I say the word theory because people don't realize that 4.6 million Bitcoin are already missing and are never going to come back. Hmm. So the actual cap is in the 16 to 17 million range. Just like people buying it, storing it, forgetting about it, or... Lost laptops, lost phones. Dan sends $100 of Bitcoin to Travis's Ethereum wallet. Bitcoin goes away. Hmm. Travis sends $1,000 of Bitcoin to somebody else's wallet hmm. and he does Bitcoin cash, wrong one, or to some random thing, wrong one people passing away, people losing their laptops, and- Forgetting their keys, losing their flash drive, whatever. That's gonna happen at scale. It's getting better, but the math is the math. People mm -hmm. are gonna pass away. Imagine some of these legends that have a lot of Bitcoin, when they pass away, there's no chance you're getting into their wallets. Yeah. No matter how they did their, their freaking will and trust and all these things, good luck, right? <laughs> uh, because they would know that someone now, even just the lawyers and accountants, have access to... A, anyways, you're going to have a lot of people that just pass away over time or lose things over time that are going to miss out on Bitcoin. So 16 to 17 million is right now. At some point, it might only be 15, 14, or 13 million of Bitcoin ever mm -hmm. that anybody has access to. So if you just start to think about the math of the people that are Bitcoin maximalists or like Bitcoin and corporations and trusts, etc., governments are now buying Bitcoin they don't go away. People that like Bitcoin don't stop liking Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Just like someone that plays poker, they still play poker when they're 80, 90 years old because yeah. they just like poker. Bitcoin, someone likes it, they're not going to stop liking it. But every day, more and more people feel more comfortable with Bitcoin. And so if they want to step in to buy Bitcoin, what do they do? They have to negotiate effectively with people that have Bitcoin. Mm. As the supply stops in the year 2045, we're really going to stop in the next, next five years because it'll be so... So small. Sure. It's basically stopped. Incremental, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to be capped out. But the, a lot of people that have a lot of Bitcoin are really rich. And they're going to keep getting richer and they keep buying more and more Bitcoin. So you get someone like Chamath and he just keeps buying thousands and thousands and thousands of Bitcoin every year. Yeah. Just do the math. Right. And once he buys it, it's not going anywhere. And when these trusts buy it, these funds buy it, these countries buy it, those are 10 years or more. Yeah. There's no point for them to buy it for at least 10 years or longer. So when you start to think about the sheer math of those things, and as Bitcoin becomes more and more usable, here's the other part. Dan sends Travis 50 bucks in Bitcoin. Travis just has it on his wallet forever and doesn't use it. It's the same concept as it going away. Yeah. Travis then finally, oh yeah, I'm going to use it and sends $41 somewhere. There's nine bucks left over. Never using that. Right. right? right. Imagine that happening tens of thousands of times a day. Sure. Nine bucks times tens of thousands every day for the next five, 10 years. Yeah, there's like a constant degradation, like a loss yes. in volume. Just the small change in the fees and the small, tiny wallets times that by millions. Yeah. And so I just believe at some point we're gonna have like 10 million Bitcoin and hundreds and hundreds of millions of people trying to buy it. And to me, there is no question that Bitcoin one day will be worth hundreds of thousands, if not a million. Hmm. When that's now, later, five years, 10 years, I have no idea. I have no idea what Bitcoin will be tonight. Yeah. And anybody that says they do is lying. I know you you have the uh, 40, 40, 20, yes. right? 
Where would you place Bitcoin in those risk buckets? It's high risk. High risk. It's, it's high risk because of the volatility. It's low risk because it's inevitable. Yeah. Bitcoin is inevitable. It's a time. It's a, yeah. fa it's a factor of time. When I give the speech about 40, 40, 20, the thing that shocks people the most out of the whole speech is Bitcoin is the highest performing investment asset in the history of the world. Yeah. Every time you know, I do a lot of podcast interviews now, and, and anytime someone asks me the question, like, uh, if you could go back and tell yourself anything, blah, 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 the answer is always buy Bitcoin. That's it. <laughs> Like that is that's, that's the only answer. Right. If you say anything other than that, right. you're being ridiculous. Right. Like because if you go buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin you're when it's a dollar, <laughs> like it just right. doesn't. There's literally no other thing that you could do. Like I don't Google Amazon doesn't matter. None of it. Yes. Yeah. And be liquid. Yeah. You can use right. it. <laughs> right. You can have it on your phone and be like, oh, here's a hundred grand. Oh, here's a hundred million. Yeah. A <laughs> hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Bitcoin oh, is inevitable. Man. It's just it's things. I, I just. I preach about it because I want people to own even just a little bit of it and yeah. just go through the process of having some so that over the course of time when they realize, wow, 11, 12, 13 years in a row, Bitcoin went up except for one year. Right. Name another investment that does that. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't because it's not real life. Sure. Except for Bitcoin. And so, and also when people think about, oh, like, oh, the government's going to stop it. How? Right. There's no office to raid. There's no CEO of Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't have a bank account. The normal steps the government would take to go raid an office or arrest a CEO doesn't exist. Mm. And so really, to me, Bitcoin is just unstoppable and it's inevitable. So other investment, when we had our first chat, you were not doing anything or I don't think anything at all, but maybe maybe a little bit in real estate. But since then, you've kind of, I think, corrected that. You put together a mastermind of a bunch of real estate investors. You've gotten connected with and done deals with a bunch of real estate people now. How, how are you How are you looking at and investing in real estate these days? So the reason I wasn't excited about real estate is it's slow and compounding. Mm -hmm. And at the time, half a decade ago, I was in just like full-scale yeah, yeah. mode, like throwing 100K, 500K, 200K, 100K, 100K, as best I could. Yep. It's as many companies that I could. And some of them I was getting right and they were having exits or going public. And so I just thought about like, why would I want something that makes me 8, 12, 15, 20% a year when I can have something that might get me 2, 3, 4, 500, 800, 900, 1200% right. in a few years. And so, which is wrong, by the way. <laughs> okay. That's, just to be clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's wrong because I should have done my own advice, which was when my speeches started, it was around that time of 40, 40, 20. 40% low risk, 40% medium risk, which is real estate, 20% should be my high risk, which is crypto and angel investing. Yeah. I was doing 100% angel investing mm. and like randomly some other things. Yeah. But I was all in on angel investing. The only time I had like a low risk thing was like hard money loans or like mm. investments where I'm getting back 12% or 10% stuff like that. Sure. Which is back then was boring to me. I didn't want to do it. Right. Now, just as capital grows, I have to deploy new things because I can't be just like angel investing across the board. Sure. And real estate becomes more and more interesting when you think about just life. Like that number of like, oh, 12% a year doesn't sound cool. What if you just do that for 10 or 20 years in a row? Mm -hmm. And you forget mm -hmm. about it. Yep. You're building equity and you're getting interest. Exactly. And you're leveraging because you're only putting 20% down. And you're saving a shit ton of money on taxes. Right. Yeah. Ken Clothier basically just yelled at me and like made me realize like, whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he yelled at everybody at the mastermind that one time. I forget which one it was, but he's, he's right. Like, he's like, if you're if you're still paying whatever whatever in taxes, it's like you're stupid, right? You just haven't done the research. 
Like I buy enough real estate to mitigate my tax bill. Right. And then you're in a really great asset class. You know, it's not a loss. You're just putting the money here instead of writing a check to the government. Yes. Those are the reasons the rich get richer. It's that's the reasons it's true. It's like the people like that hang out. This is why it's so valuable to go to events that you throw sure. or, or to be a part of masterminds or to fork out. Like when I forked out that first 100K to be a part of the 100 million, dude, I was like, I was scared shitless yep. because it was a lot of money of for me. But like the 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 information that I got, the knowledge that I got, the relationships I built, everything from that right. has completely changed everything about the way that I view the world. You know what I mean? So like, if you're not putting yourself in rooms like that on purpose, you're not just going to happen into the information. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not just going to come to you through osmosis while you're drinking at the bar with your buddies <laughs> on Friday. Night. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you got to you immerse yourself. Yeah. Purposefully, yeah. intentionally put yourself in uncomfortable situations yeah. that make you become a better version of you. Yeah. Okay. So I talked a lot about investing. I selfishly got to talk about the podcast because obviously I've been podcasting for a while. I'm yes. a fairly big fan of listening to podcasts and obviously recording podcasts as well. And you finally launched a show finally. this year yes. called Money Mondays, yeah. every single Monday, talking exclusively about money. Yep. And I, for one, was stoked to see that you were finally doing that. I'm going to let you talk about it because I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What, what is What have been like the main, I would say maybe the number one benefit that you did not expect to get from having the podcast that has been like, a, this is really cool. I'm glad I did this. The benefit is that people actually listen and they like report back to me. They tell me about it at, at events, in the streets. Hmm. They just bring up like, oh, I took your advice and I did X, Y, and Z. And I know they would never have heard my advice otherwise because they're not an event goer. Hmm. They're not going to come hear me at a speech. They may or may not even follow me on social media. Most of my clips are only one minute there. I can't deep dive on, on Instagram about angel investing or 40, 40, 20. And so the sheer amount of people Small, medium, and large, meaning small, they're getting just getting started, et cetera. Medium, they're in the mix, they're learning. Household name guys, girls that are like, Yeah, I listen to your episode every week. Like, <laughs> what? How do you have time? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're worth $2 billion. Like, how do you have time to listen? <laughs> right. And they recite things to me. So they're not just like tugging my chain. Like, yeah, they yeah, really right. like recite things to me and talk about episodes six weeks back. Like, that I did not expect. Yeah. I, I look at it, I thought it was more like a book. You're like, you write a book, everyone takes your book, but then it sits on the shelf and you're not sure if they actually read it. Mm. They literally listen to the podcast. Mm -hmm. And that is fascinating to me and I love it. That's also why I'm obsessed with it. That's actually working. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, to me, podcast is like the, it's like a machine gun of trust. It's just constant fire. You know what I mean? Like a, a book's like dropping a grenade. Yep. You know, it's like the book grenade. You drop that and it's like this big explosion oh, yeah. of credibility and whatever. The podcast is just like a every week, you know what I mean? Yes. And it just like hammers that 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 trust, that relationship. That, that's why that's why I figured you would enjoy the medium, man, because it's like it's the ultimate like for people that value relationships with others, both from like an audience perspective and from like a guest one on one conversations with cool people perspective. Yeah. Like podcasting is it's the ultimate relationship builder. I, you know? I waited for four years because. I wanted something that would stand out, which is why I do it in an RV motorhome. Mm -hmm. yep. That's my marketing part, to stand out. I wanted to make something different, so I have two people per episode. Mm -hmm. So it's a double episode every single time. So if someone likes real estate or they hate real estate, then they can listen to the celebrity or the athlete yeah, or the, the other part two of the, the episode. Other character. Or yeah. I keep them short, 40 minutes, like this episode is. We have five minutes left. 
it's 40 minutes because the average workout is 45 minutes and yeah. the average commute is 45 minutes. So I said, okay, I'm going to cap mine at 40 minutes, make it easy and bite-sized to listen to. And if I need to talk longer with someone, I'll just interview them again. Yeah. This week I had Pace Morby and Cody Sanchez again. Hmm. Great. They were just on two or yep. three months ago, but they're great guests. Who cares? Like right. nobody's going to complain about listening to some young legends exactly. <laughs> talking about something. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted something to stand out, be more efficient. And then... I also to remove a lot of the back and forth trying to book the celebrities and athletes, mm. those characters is also why the motorhome exists. Yeah. I just pull up to their house you or go office. Meet them. Yeah. They're like, oh no, this person's gonna be on tour. Kevin Hart's on tour in Arizona. What a coincidence. Yeah. I'm gonna be in Arizona too. <laughs> I'm gonna be in the same parking lot yeah. as Kevin. Actually, I'll be outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. so, we happen to have some gear in there too. Yes. Yeah. So the motorhome's been a great help for me. I can just pull up to people's houses and offices. But yeah, now I'm obsessed now. And then now that it's actually doing well and staying so high on the charts all the time, now I'm really obsessed because the competition part of me, I was like, let's go, let's go. Right. And it's not to beat the other podcasts because they're great podcasts and sometimes they will spike up above me. Mm. I have no ego or emotion to that. And a lot of them deserve it. They've been there for, for many years and they spent a ton of money, time and energy to be there. Mm. But since I happen to be up there this often on the charts, I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to make this the thing every week? Mm. And I need to make it good. And I don't want to half-ass it. I don't want to miss an episode. And so exactly. I'm all in. But I also think that the timing worked out for me. Like a lot of things happened in my life, like you've been mentioned, like the difference in my life the last four or five years. And so I think it all worked out for the right reason to start it this year. It's, are there any spaces that you're like really excited about? Like you're, you're now, you know, in, in the podcasting world, you're completely, obviously, fully immersed in the events world now. Yeah. You know, you've been in crypto and NFTs, you're in collectibles and sports cards and memorabilia. Like, is there anything that you're kind of just like have an eye on that you're like, dude, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what's coming up on this. I'm obsessed with the concept of AI, but I'm not in it at all. Mm. And it's too early. Yeah. And I think people are missing the most about chat GPT and the concept of like, everyone thinks it's going to take away jobs. There's, there's no hundreds of millions of jobs going away over chat GPT for a couple of things. I'm obsessed with the market. I'm obsessed with what that can do. And I think it's fascinating. However, most of it, if you just go on Google and type up podcast mic, think about the amount of different opinions about this podcast mic. Mm. Different prices, different stories, different reviews. People hate it. People love it. People think it sucks. People think it melts yep. when you ship it. People think it's he too heavy. People think it's too light. So when you type in podcast mics for ChatGPT, what happens? Same exact concept of yeah. how you get the information. Regurgitation of existing information. Right. Yeah. And information is a strong word for something that's not true. Mm. Right. Because some people said this was heavy. Some people said it was too light. Some people said they hated it. Right. Some people said there's a unicorn inside of it. And ChatGPT doesn't know the difference. Yeah. It just regurgitates information that, that may not be information. That was a big aha for me. I was listening to Michio Kaku on Joe Rogan's podcast. He's a theoretical physicist. He's, they're talking about quantum computing and AI and all this other stuff. And that was one thing that he brought up. He's like, AI is just, it's just finding information that already exists mm -hmm. and then giving it to you in a different way. That's that's all it's doing. And like that, when he, when he was really explaining, breaking it down like that, it's like, oh, well, it's not like, I mean, it's crazy impressive, don't get me wrong. Of course. But it's not like, like you're saying, revolutionary to the degree where we're having to worry about jobs yet. No. Because like, this is just scraping and searching everything that exists and putting it into an answer and giving it back yes. to you. Yeah. Well, listen, dude, I know, I know we're, we're pressed for time. One last question for you. You're one of the best people I've ever met at relationships at, at continuing, 
continuing to do business with people over a long term and caring about your reputation and how you treat people yeah. and and you know essentially doing the right thing what's like one or two of your just core values through which you evaluate your decision making so i don't say something unless i'm going to do it and so like even today it was our timing was off and i wasn't sure and i got to make it to a flight etc and every time you said something i was like i'm going to be there i'm going to do it i'm going to be there yeah even though it was me driving a half hour this way, an hour this way, then drive an hour back to the mm -hmm. same place. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it because I said something to you. And so I won't say something when I won't. And if I do it and I, I'm going to back it up no matter what that's going to take for me to do that. And most people won't do that. And so that's how it helps me in the game of life is that most people won't show up. And then they would tell you they're going to do your podcast and then drag it out for five weeks or five months or five years. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it every single day. And so that's one big thing for me is I'm, I'm just going to show up. The next thing is like, I'm going to make the people around me show up. So I'm, if my staff member or my friend or an investor or a partner or a client or anybody between says they're going to do something, I'm going to follow up to make them show up hmm. because I'm showing up and yeah. I'm going to show up every single day. Yeah. And I don't want to be reflected bad on me if they don't. And so in my life, I've just realized that if I do this every day, and every day I make connections. Hey, Travis, meet Russ Ruffino, and he's doing a podcast. You should, he should hire you, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you guys go off and do things. I don't need to make money from that. But then one day, you're going to be like, hey, Dan, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. And so I do that every day. If you do three, four, five things every day, that's a thousand times a year. Right. Well, I've been doing this game for 20 years. So what's a thousand times 20 years? Right. 20,000 things. Yeah. And so like, for me, I just believe in math, time, compounds. If I just do a bunch of relationships, uh, show up to a bunch of podcasts, show up to a bunch of meetings, do a bunch of text messages, do a bunch of calls, if I just do all these things, it all compounds. So all of a sudden, I have all these things that are happening that doesn't feel like I did a crazy amount of things to get there. I just did a lot every single day. Perfect, dude. I know we could keep chatting for a really long time. We got to get out of here. Tickets for the Aspire Tour events that are coming up, where can yep. people go to find those? AspireTour.com is where they can find tickets for most of these events. We have a really big one, September 23rd in Utah with Gary Vee and David Goggins and everybody. That's the limitlessarena.com. And then we have the world's largest toy drive, which is largesttoydrive.com. Perfect. And then obviously, if you're listening on any podcast application right now, go search the Money Mondays. It'll be at the top of the business charts wherever you are. So make sure you go check that out. Subscribe on YouTube. If you're not following Dan and you care about making money and being a better person, you should be following Dan. So, dude, thanks, thanks again appreciate for coming it. on the show. I always, always appreciate it. Don't wait out. five years. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.